This episode is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. <sighs> Did they want us to read a really long and elaborate ad? So they no, had- they didn't. Enjoy the show. <laughs> I scared you. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight on Bullstone, winter weather blankets the Midwest. Where's your global warming now, hippie? I'm a little teapot short and scout. A new teabagging merit badge <laughs> causes controversy in Boy Scout troops across America. <laughs> Billy Ocean, the working man's Lionel Richie, was admitted into the B-List Hall of Fame today to join such luminaries as John Cougar Mellencamp, who's the working man's Bruce Springsteen, and Mandy Moore, the working man's Britney Spears. Little Jack Horner sat in a corner eating his pumpkin lie? The debate over fake ingredients and holiday desserts has the country seething. All of these hard-hitting stories and more in another thrilling episode of Bullstone! Hello. <laughs> One note harmony. Hello. <laughs> I'm Dave Stecco. I'm David Flora. And welcome to this Not Quite Blurry Photos edition of Bullstone. You may be accustomed to us always having a guest. You may be wrong. <laughs> you may feel stupid. <laughs> no, don't feel stupid. That's on us. We don't have a guest this week. We don't. Yeah. I mean, Bullstone's Bullstone. Yeah, that's right. We're just a sandwich. No toppings necessary. You, you, you can't you can't always get a two-hour rambling with our, our our favorite dark mark who both Laura and I afterwards go, boy, we just like talking to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which we do. So that's why things go especially far afield. That's true. But I think I think uh, if everything works out properly, you might get a little bit more dark mark in your diet before the year's out. Yeah, how, how about it? He's he's uh, low in fat. Mm-hmm. He's uh, uh, high in protein. Yep, yep. And uh, you know what? If you got a sweet tooth, he'll take care of it, but no aspartame. Right, that's right. He's that's sweetened right. by stevia. <laughs> the the newest kid on the block for artificials. <laughs> that's um, right. What do we got going on tonight, Dave? Oh, man, we got news from around the world, son. We do. We've got uh, some amazing weird news articles, some things that we've cobbled together over the last month. Um, some oddities, some peculiarities, no, some November's, not quite rights. No, November's been getting strange with all of us. Oh, man. I've been particularly I- impressed by how many scientific discoveries and yeah. steps forward have been made. Well, it's because it's Christmas bonus season. All the nerds are like, oh, it's time to unleash these things. Gotta ramp it up for them dollar bills. So, so, so Dean Dongdelinger gives them enough money to fund their project for another year. <laughs> what an idiot. F*** you, Dean. Wait, Dean? Yeah. Oh, a school thing? Yeah. I thought this was just private funding. Hell no. These guys are universities. These guys are a real deal. No private sector shit for them. <laughs> these, they, yeah. these guys are in it for the love of the game. They're not looking <laughs> to sell no patents. Flora, how you been, man? How have I been? Yeah. I've been all right. I, <laughs> true story, I got real drunk on Friday by like 1130 in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, I'll tell you. Um <laughs> I had had. Why do I feel like I just set up a T ball stand? <laughs> <laughs> you fell for it. It's too late. No, no. I uh, Thursday night I had dinner with a friend of the podcast, Johnny Robots, and his lovely girlfriend Elise. So uh, Johnny um, got there ahead of us, and he got a growler of beer for us to share. And um, you know, we were just having fun and talking, and we weren't there to like drink proper, right? Uh, so at the end of it, he had this half growler left and he's like, well, I, I don't want to take this with me. He's like, you just, you take it. You're on vacation now. He's like, <laughs> but you know, just know that this thing's got a, like 12 hours, you know, 12 to 24 hours left. Cause it's, you know, it's a, it's just a, it's not a, like a su- hermetically sealed container. It doesn't yeah. stay, uh, carbonated for that long. So the next morning I wake up and I'm wandering around and finally it's, it's like yeah, 1130 and I'm starting to get hungry. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's that beer in the fridge. Maybe I'll have some beer and then go out and get lunch. And so I just poured a glass, drank it, and I was like, that's pretty good. I'll have another one of those. (laughs) So I hadn't eaten anything Mm -hmm. and drank like two pints, two and a half pints of this stuff, uh, which was pretty strong, 
which I, I learned, figured that out. Then I went to the grocery store and was, and it hit me quickly and masterfully. And so then I was like, oh man, I'm kind of drunk, which like anybody else at the grocery store, you just want to like grab all the worst stuff you can that I was like, no dude, no, you got three days off. Don't make bad food choices, make smart food choices. But then I just couldn't think of anything. So I, I called my friend Elise. She didn't answer her phone. <laughs> called my friend Gia. These are my coworkers. And I was like, hey, she's like, I was like, are you busy? She's like, oh, I'm just trying to, trying to wrap up a lot of stuff. It's like, okay, I don't, I don't I want to take your time. This is not important, but I'm drunk in a grocery store and I need some good food advice right now. <laughs> I ended up making good choices. Oh yeah. That's that, good. Yep. That's the best part. When you got three days and you don't have anywhere to be, wake up and have a beer. Who the f- cares? Yeah. It was yeah. great. And we're we're going to have a, a nice weekend coming up soon. Cause yes, we are. We're going to be going down to uh, Bloomington, Indiana. And mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be a weekend. I don't know if it'll be nice. That's that's up to an entity we can't control. That's true. That's true. Um, we're going to go down to Krampusnacht. They have a, a nice uh, looking Krampusnacht going on down there with a parade and, uh-huh. and a bunch of tomfoolery and stuff. And I hope it'll be fun. I think we'll make it fun. We're yeah. rolling we're rolling with a posse down yeah, there. Yeah, we've stacked the deck. In our, it's going to be fun regardless. If we get there and it's a guy throwing ice water on people, we'll still have fun. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll have fun by kicking some people in the balls at that point. Yeah. But if you're if you're around there or you want to uh, come say hi, please feel free. We're going to be hanging out around there. And I'll probably post our uh, whereabouts on social media mm-hmm. so that, you know, Big Brother and, and everybody else. There's a the thing called Facebook. So if you haven't looked up that app, you could look that up. It's on the internet. Yeah. You, you can find Facebook the on the internet. Um, I think you can, I think you can you get can to Twitter AOL. from there too. Yeah. Try all those things. But, but yeah, we'll let people know. Cause if you're around, if you're anywhere near Bloomington, come, come hang out with us. Cause I think that'd be fun. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have shirts. Yeah, open to get two different designs of shirts. Definitely made up by them. have one. We'll definitely have one to go with. Tell them the best part, the part <laughs> I'm most got, excited about. We got a, we got some uh, tattoos. <laughs> we got temporary tattoos, mother liquors. We got little, little square tattoos of the logo. Yeah, you can, you can put on your body. Yeah, so we're, yeah, we got a, we got a war wagon full of weirdos, yep. and we are gonna, and we're a gonna swag wagon full of swagos. <laughs> I don't know, but I know that we're going to ride forever shiny and chrome all yeah. the way there and back. So anyways, that's that's uh, December 5th for you guys uh, if you're around there. That's uh, that, that's the business at, at hand. Let's get into some news stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's all for the future. What you want is the now. You want the past, uh, which of, of is of November. Yeah. November past. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone uh, celebrating in the States. Oh, that's right. It's time dilation. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to everyone else. Uh, happy to you to everyone else. It's not a religious holiday. Well, oh, you just mean the United States don't, don't celebrate it. Uh, That's true. They should though. Folks in Brazil don't celebrate. I, they should. It should just be a non-specific I'm day of thanks, thankfulness. Happy last week of of November. Yeah, there you go. Okay, here we go. How We're going to kick it off. Let's yeah, new off. story. Uh, this is a great one. Uh, newly discovered geoglyphs are so big that NASA is helping to study them from space. A few different great examples of this. There's one in Turgai, Kazakhstan, oh. but it's been determined using satellite imagery that there are these gigantic um, glyphs that are made out of earthen mounds, and they're called step geoglyphs, <laughs> and they were discovered just by somebody just tripping over it, just dicking around on Google Earth Oh, uh, back in 2007, and he started to see these patterns that were showing up uh, on the ground. The patterns included, uh, <laughs> try to tell me... <laughs> A middle T- finger. Yeah, sort of. Tell me tell me when the alarm goes off. Crosses, boxes, swastikas, circles, and more. Wait a minute. Wait, what? What? <laughs> there was something in there you said, circles in the <laughs> earth? <laughs> Crosses, pff, leave the religion out of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so swastikas were on the ground. Yep. The, the earth got a swastika tattoo. Tried to cover it with snow. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, the, here's the problem is the chrononauts can't be everywhere all the time. And, you know, wherever those dirty Germans are. But they can be every time all the where. Oh, nice. I, I told you not to say that. Damn it. Um, and they found these in, in a couple of different uh, uh, locations. Um, all, and they, they think that, you know, much like they say with everything, that it was um, a, a sort of... Um, uh, observatory of sorts that they would use to kind of track the movements of the sun. Uh, 
you know, which is what everybody goes to right away. And yes, and, it is. And you know, it, it's, you know, it's the same thing they said about Nazca lines and all that, uh, which is the, you know, the more famous version of these, the more well-known version of these. I gotta tell you that excuse is starting to climb the ladder up there with ancient aliens. Yeah. To no, me. I agree. I agree. And I think that there are, there are good examples of things being oriented astrologically, but mm-hmm. there's always other information that accompanies them that, that makes you go, Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. There are a couple of, um, uh, alignments that, that happen with megaliths, uh, with, uh, not, not even megaliths, but just features in natural formations yeah. that have just been not, I don't want to say co-opted, but, but used by the natives of that location to signify uh, something. When you start building huge uh, geoglyphs, I, I don't see the significance of astrological alignments with that. Maybe because it's so flat and so big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how you use that to, to divide information or, or maybe maybe use the way that they place the way that they phrase it is is inaccurate. Maybe it's a reaction to they're trying to they're trying to make things as a reaction to it. They're not saying, oh, we'll use this to determine the position of the sun. Maybe the other way around. Oh, the sun was here, so we built a mound. I, 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 yeah, again, I'm I'm just guessing. I'm just making shit up. Mm-hmm. But what's what's more interesting uh, to my mind is this this emerging field of satellite archaeology. Yeah. Uh, and this has been going on for some time. I mean, they did in uh, Sudan, they used satellite imagery to find ancient long gone water courses in the country to try to, yeah. to, to see, oh, well, this is where settlements may have been to help guide archaeologists and to check for, you know, where they would do their digs. You know, a lot of uh, work was done, you know, in the uh, uh, Yucatan rainforest studying the Mayans. Mm hmm. Uh, using satellite imagery. I mean, it's, it's hugely popular and, and it kind of dovetails into this other cool piece of, of, of emergent science, which is like uh, preservation archeology span with the, the changes in global climate. So we're getting things like receding glaciers, permafrost in Siberia, for example, is starting to thaw. This stuff has been, it's, it's not permafrost by accident. I mean, right. Yeah, they're, they're, it does. It wasn't just named Perma. Yeah, it doesn't have a frost, a, a, comma, a sweet, perma. tight haircut there. That's right. Uh, no, it's you know, but the the Perma is starting to get removed from the name, you know, and it's thawing. And the there are scientists that are really scrambling because uh, in areas of extreme drought, there are ancient sites or or even somewhat recent sites, but things are being revealed. Yeah. That have never been seen before. After hurricanes are finding uh shipwrecks because of all the displaced sand. Yeah. These these big uh climatological changes and upheavals are really revealing a lot of things in the earth. We're, we're getting a lot of erosion in places we didn't have it. And so there's a lot of scientists that are they're having to scramble to preserve sites that were nominally going to be safe. They could have studied them at their leisure. But now, for example, like Siberia, you know, the permafrost is melting. These guys have to get in there and take samples now before they're contaminated or before they rot and get fungus on them. And in all these other areas where there are extreme droughts, they have to get in there and take their measurements, do their digs before the water comes back. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Hopefully it does, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it is this amazing thing that, that they're having to use satellite imagery to help determine these are the areas at risk. This is where we should be looking because there is a wealth of our own history that is that in the next you know hundred years will be destroyed. Sure. It's really shitty that we're getting hit on, on a couple of different fronts in that respect by climate change mm-hmm. and by idiots, straight up idiots just destroying artifacts yes. because you know they deem them unholy or whatever. Oh yeah, the reason is all the but. all the the ISIS jazz and all the stuff they're blowing up. I mean, and, and and I think that's always been the case. You know, there are people who, for their own self interest, I mean, look at look at grave robbers. They you know Iraq long before ISIS had a huge problem with archaeological sites being looted. Yeah, the the museum of Baghdad broken into and looted. Yeah, you know, the people strip mining their own culture. And, and whether it be willingly in selling it out, like in, in, for example, modern day Iraq, but it, it even then, but you, but you, you, you feel like, oh, come on guys, what are you doing? But then again, these are people whose entire country was just dismantled that, you know, this guy, ah, I used to be a university physics professor. And now I drive a cab because there's, there's no, like, there's none of those things are left. Yeah. Yeah. 
I found a way to make some money for my family. I, you can't even blame those people. Uh, but they, they're just doing the best they can. If you look at it from their angle, though, well, or not even their angle, but a different different side of it, at least they're selling them to someone who might preserve that artifact. Yeah, ISIS is literally just destroying That's history. True. Yeah, and the same thing. The um, you know, ten years ago, I think it was about ten years ago that the Taliban blew up those Buddhas. Yeah, that were that were you know, cut into the rock face. And the thing is, is not only like, for example, for those Buddhas that were in Afghanistan, the Taliban was like, we're going to blow them up. And then, you know, the world was like, please don't. And they're like, no, nope, no, no, we're going to blow them up. And they're like, we'll pay you. We'll send a team out. We will cut them out of the rock. We'll remove them. And they were like, no, it's not about that. It's about us blowing them up. And yeah. they blew them up. Yeah. You know, they didn't, they wouldn't accept uh, any payment to get rid of them. They, you know, and that's, and that's, that's an ideology that is, you know, sadly prevalent right now, but it's always been there to some degree or another. There's always people looking to do whatever they want. And some men just want to watch the world burn. That's exactly it. Or, you know, or some men just want whatever they want. Some and men are just want what they want. Master Bruce. Master Bruce. And, 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 you know, that I was thinking, actually, it's funny. I was thinking about this today, just apropos of nothing, but that, that same ideology, you know, these guys, they, they're fighting what they consider to be a holy war with a, with their God, which, just happens to say, Hey, do you, do you think violence is fun? You go get yourself some. Yeah. Uh, I also am going to sanction, uh, the taking of women, rape, forced marriage. Uh, really you're just going to be in charge of everything. And, and, and great news. I'm the God. I said, it's okay. But it, what they're really doing is just whatever they want to do. And then using it as an underpinning, which anyone ever has done. That is not unique to the, to, to say, uh, the Islamic faiths or, to anything christians have done it sure hindus have done it everyone has done this everyone has used this idea of a larger god to justify whatever the f they felt like doing and being assholes about it and the the huge and it's mystery, usually a sub a small subset a very small subset yeah and and we're unfortunately at this point in the country you know we're marching right along oh well there's uh you know alex jones is always screaming about isis coming up from you know mexican isis coming over the border that's <laughs> what you were for some reason i thought you were gonna say isis coming up through the toilets like rats <laughs> that's right you see people i gonna tell you this for months if you do not if you don't check your toilet now I'm selling these. I'm selling these at a at a, at a loss. I've I've done the research. I've talked to the experts. ISIS traps in your toilet made out of reinforced tungsten steel. <laughs> Jet you, fuel cannot melt these. Try as they might. Do you, love, do you love your family? Do you, let, want, let you a, do you want a radical Islamic ISIS agent to touch your wife's butt? <laughs> Buttocks. <laughs> Keep your family safe with my with my toilet bars. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's just it you know it's we fall victim to that same mentality by going oh if they do this then they must because nothing nothing is more beneficial to an organization like the taliban or isis than to be further isolated right to, I mean, to, to, oh it is them against us do you see in america they're saying all muslims are bad this is what we've been telling you and and it's it's horrifying and sad Ugh. <laughs> which is why blurry photos has decided we're taking up the mantle we're arming, making... our, we're arming ourselves. <laughs> we go out there. We're going to um, explode the unexplored. <laughs> and explore the unexploded. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Is the best podcast tagline forever because it works for everything. <laughs> do you uh, it, to to wrap this back around? Do you know what they think these glyphs are? Where they came from? What they mean? Uh, who, who well, that's it? just it. You know, you're, you're, there's the the kind of I don't know, just the, the, the stock. Well, it's, it's an observatory of some sort that tracks the movements of the rising sun. They're thinking it's natives to the step there. Yes. And, but what they're saying is that it's, what's more important about it is the, like their angle isn't so much what it was trying to accomplish. What they're focusing on is the, the magnitude of the project at the time that it was made, how many people would have to be organized in order to make it. And what does that say about population sizes and structures in that part of the world at that time? Does it say how big they are? Mm, uh, yeah. Uh, some of them are, are, are in the ballpark of a kilometer across. They're, they're big. And this, this region, is this the one that's right smack dab in the middle of Asia? Is that, is that Kazakhstan? According to our friend Google Maps, which wouldn't lie, is um, actually dead center between Ukraine and Mongolia. Boom. 
throw a dart between those two places, you're going to hit you some Kazakhstan. Do north of Kyrgyzstan and Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan and Afghanistan and Pakistan. Here's the thing. Phineas J. Stanton founded a lot of big businesses in that part of the country. (laughs) And to this day, his legacy is strong. I thought it was just a guy named Stan who did a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like true. He packed bags. Oh yeah, yep. He he had a, a, a shawl of a shawl. sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah a yeah. knitted shawl. Uh, he, he he ate a lot of uh, turkey. Yeah, yeah, to treats around Thanksgiving. Tried to he tried to make up a couple of swear words that didn't catch on. Like uh, look at this news back over here. That <laughs> 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 didn't work out, but but he was still famous for trying. Yeah. They were proud Good of him. him. Good on him. Well. That's cool. And then, and that's, uh, you know, satellite, uh, imagery that it's just another tool in the belt to, to try and look for new and cool stuff. Yeah. That's actually old and cool stuff. Yeah. New, new, it's new to us. New to us. Mm. Next step, I guess would be uh, another level of ground penetrating radar. Yeah. Which, which, I mean, those satellites are getting more and more successful at, and we already, you know, we've talked about this, the DARPA thing. They already, um, drones can map caving systems from. Uh, you know, from 300 feet in the air, you know, they, we're, we're getting, we're getting closer to that crazy ass Star Trek, like scan the surface kind of thing. Yeah. Well, speaking of technology improving, I've got an article here from futurism.com. Oh, and the title is British startup improbable is building a system capable of simulating entire cities. Wow. So it's a, um. It's a company that has been kind of on the on the d- down low uh, working on some stuff and have just recently released information of what they've been working on. It's called Spatial OS. It's a, a tool that can be used to build large data simulations and massive gaming worlds. Huh. Um, I'm, you have my interest. I, I'd say I do. Now, I've, I've coupled this with a second article from Futurism called this device lets you feel what happens in the virtual world. And it's called um, Impacto, which is um, probably the, the least cool name they could have for it. But it's a, it's a virtual reality system that lets you feel contact via haptic vibration engine with electrical muscle stimulation. So do you see where I'm going with these, with these articles? Yeah. Yes. Where am I going? Uh, to the singularity? No. Oh, sh- well, I guess I don't see where you were going. I'm going to Ready Player One. Oh, well, that's sort of a singularity of sorts. That's what I want. I want Ready Player One times. I want to, 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 to be haptically force-fed my environment. Um, force feedback. <laughs> so, so what the technology is is looks like uh, some some folks are gearing it towards is putting a person in a simulated world mm-hmm. building a system, which is what this improbable is doing, building, uh, uh, the software where you can have a massive, uh, world created. And then with this haptic suit that this other place is, is working on, it's going to get to the point where it's almost indistinguishable. You get in the suit, you get in the world and you're, you're living your second life. You're, you're, you are now, uh, like, Legolas like, running around was, like the game second life. Like just it's now yeah. second life has a big stake in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, uh, that's also like the movie Johnny mnemonic. I was thinking of the Bruce Willis movie, the matrix. <laughs> yes. That's the Bruce Willis movie. P- Pulp fiction. Oh, uh, that's right. Um, where the, the gimp is, uh, mm-hmm. no, it's, uh, Hudson Hawk. Keep going. Keep going. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Die hard. It's it's a recent movie. It starts with an S. Su- the ex- surrogates, Expendables. Surrogates. It's surrogates. The Expendables. Did you see surrogates? Yeah, yeah. That was a dumb bad movie. Uh, but it's it's all about people getting in to their robot bodies. To their yeah. Well, they 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 plug themselves and then they are like the um what they think is the ideal version of themselves. They interact with people, but then in real life they're like fat slobs because right. But that but they don't go into a virtual world. They, they, it's it's weird. It's it's like a double blind. They they log into a robotic telepresence version oh, of themselves okay. and but walk it's still in the, the real world. Yeah, they walk okay. through the real world. But yeah, no. And there's tons of of you know. Gosh, there's no limit of science fiction that hasn't looked at this. People actively just you know 
give, give me the, the, the catheters and the IV feeding tubes That's and Mountain Dew. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll just plug in forever. And, and it's, it's, it's weird. I think that we, we look at something like that and we're like, Oh, everyone's going to do it. And I think ironically, and my feeling is this, that like, it will be as with all technology, you know, it'll go from being the most expensive thing to being utterly boring. Um, you know, like look at, look at smartphones, you know, uh, what, what are those like eight years old now? Did those sure. come out in 07, I think? Sure. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> Smartphones come out. Everyone loses their mind. iPhones is crazy. And people are still really into them. But at this point, people everywhere have smartphones. You mm-hmm. know, like it's a, it's a very ubiquitous technology and it didn't take very long to get to that point. And I think that you think, uh, you know, for example, everyone gets pissed off by, uh, you know, the Nigerian email scammers and things like that. But those things in other countries, if you get... Th- those are required to make money. You know, I think they're, I think they're going to be of bigger use in those other countries where there aren't native resources, where the best option for a job is in this digital space, where it's a little bit more of a level playing field, you know, where, where in, in, in these other developing nations, I think that is going to be a bigger problem there than here. And maybe I'm scamming? completely off base. You, you, you mean scamming? Not necessarily, but I mean, a person living in digitally is, is, is everywhere and nowhere. So it doesn't matter where you are as long as you can somehow finagle access. Yeah. Well, in the the book Ready Player One, um, the, uh, it, it, it's very clear cut on classes, like yeah. people who have money, people who don't. But most everybody can get access to mm-hmm. this system that they can plug themselves into. They get into what are these what are called these haptic suits, which let you feel the sensation of actually being in a virtual world. The rich people can get the haptic suits. Most people just have a visor and gloves. Cause that's True. like the, that's like the literally it's the 25 cent version. That's how much it costs to get a glove and console system in, in that book. And I think, I think there will be varying levels like that, but I think just like the internet now, I think that having access to the, the, the virtual world proper will be very similar. And I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how, is it, is, is it the internet that will become that world or will someone invent that world and much like in ready player one and it will then subsume the internet? Mm. You know, I don't know. It's, but it'll, I think it's, I think it's going to happen in our lifetimes. Yeah. I mean, if we don't blow ourselves to hell, it, it, it probably will. But I, maybe both. If we blow ourselves to hell, what better way to escape? <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's part of it too. It's, it will be an escape for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it, reality is a frigid, cold ex-girlfriend you're, you're, a lot of times you're, you're talking to a guy who just spent three days yeah <laughs> hold up in his house enjoying video games and media i absolutely am, am no better than that but lest you think i'm soft i will make a fire out of nothing literally the, uh, nothing i will i will remove the bones from your arms and make a fire out of them why are you why are you well i thought me? people might think i'm soft because i just like to play video games but i had to remind them that i'm hard as f- dog and that when sh- goes down best watch out <laughs> all right okay <laughs> okie dokie <laughs> the ceo herman narula nerd or narula i'm not sure how you pronounce the last N- name but he says uh vr is a portal that is capable of taking you to another world but what kind of world will it be a world of porn unless you can solve the problem of simulated spaces you're going to be going to a very limited and lonely world where there is little for us to be able to interact with and little for us to be able to do. So that's why this company is creating the spaces that he's talking mm-hmm. about. They're creating simulated cities or, or just huge, massive pieces of data that, that can be whatever world you want it to be. Now, how much they used to say this, and I don't feel like it's really true. I don't know if it ever was true, maybe urban legend, but you know, like, oh, whenever there's big research into VR and all that stuff, it's always funded by the porn industry. I don't know if that's really a thing or not. I don't but, I know mean, that the porn industry would fund it, well, but whatever they choose to go with is what wins. Yeah, that's yeah. There you go. There they they yeah. Whatever they adopt as the format for that right. will be the because yeah because that there's your base there's your base uh, people that are getting into it is the people who are like well so haptic force feedback suit huh ah and here's here's the deal is it waterproof on the inside. <laughs> Can I clean it with soap and water? <laughs> uh, they they said uh, the researchers for the for these haptic suits that they're making intend to expand further because right now they have a working prototype that's integrated into a band 
that can be worn on the arm, leg, or foot of the user. Or penis. They're they're hoping to expand it further so that uh, people will be able to feel contact on other parts of their body. (laughs) And I guess they're working on abdominal region and shoulders. Right. So you at least can get a massage first. Or a punch in the gut. (laughs) (laughs) Punch in the gut. Got a punch and a massage. This will simulate the purple nurple. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, how about that? It just, uh, since I have recently read Player One, that that stood out. I was like, oh my gosh, all this stuff is, because virtual reality to me has always been a joke. It's been a (laughs) damn joke. Yeah, so if you haven't, I know I've talked about it. Now, Flora's talking about it. Ernest Klein, man, it's a great book. To be honest, I wasn't thrilled with it. Oh, I love it. I read it I appreciated it, but there were some parts that I I didn't care for. But I I think it'll make a pretty fun movie. Oh, yeah. Spielberg at the helm. Which is a great irony because the the book revolves so much around 80s pop culture and stuff that the guy referenced in the movie is directing the movie about the reference. Yeah. The snake eats who, its own who tail. Better. Who better? <laughs> the snake eats its own tail. <laughs> the snow falls onto other snow. <laughs> All right. I, I got another one for you. What else you got here? How about this? Footage captures chilling paranormal activity in deserted New York hotel. Yes. All right. Uh, a visitor has captured chilling footage on his phone after witnessing paranormal activity during his stay in a hotel. The movie? Uh, yes, he, he stayed at a hotel and watched it. It's just a, a, hand, a, a cell cam of just him watching a movie in his room. It's like a really bad pirate cinema. So he decided he was uh, staying at this Hampton Inn in New York during a heavy storm and decided just to film the weird shit going on around there. A Hampton Inn. A lot of weird shit has gone yeah. on at Hampton Inns, I can tell you that much. Oh. Oh. Okay, oh. here we go. Oh, you got a video? Yeah. Look for this in the show notes. All right, so yeah, we'll um, we'll put the video in there for you to see if uh, you're seeing a proof of the paranormal or just uh, bad electrical system in a building. <laughs> I I I thought this was going to be like the classic, you know, ethereal ghost walking across the hallway thing. Mm-hmm. I was wrong, wrong, wrong. First of all, it's interesting because he is in the world's longest. Hallway. Yeah, it does. It is kind of a cool if it was a movie scene because it does feel like he's walking down an infinity hallway. Um, now, granted, I should be told I got bored. Uh, I didn't finish it. There's apparently, you know, another minute left in this video that maybe the greatest thing in the world happens. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to hold my breath. Well, uh, if you're not able to see the, the video right now, just to describe to you, it's a long hallway in this hotel. There is ugly ass carpet. And then the lights in the hallway are blinking on and off, but they're blinking in a pattern. It's a rolling blink. Yeah. There, there will be a set of three lights kind of in a triangle. There will be one to the right, one to the left beside, beside that one, and then one a uh, few feet down uh, on the ceiling, kind of in the middle of the two. The one on the right will blink off. The one on the le- left will blink off. The one in the middle will blink off, and then it'll keep going on down. So it's kind of like blip, 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 blip. Yeah, it, it's on down the hallway in a way that makes it look like, well, while he's holding the camera and walking towards it, you look like you're going through hyperspace. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you, if anyone's ever been on Space Mountain, they are familiar with the effect <laughs> of this. Yeah, so it's just kind of a rolling uh, mini blackout, a rolling light out. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a cool effect, but I don't think it's paranormal at all. Yeah, to to make the leap to paranormal, should should we have watched the last five seconds? Are are we idiots for for not? I don't feel like we're idiots for for parachuting out of this. Yeah, I pulled the ripcord. That if nothing else, it should have been edited better. Well, does it say anything else about what what this dude did, or was he just like, oh man, here's a video I took wandering around the Hampton Inn. Haven't seen this at the other Hampton Inns I've been to. Certainly not at a Motel Six. <laughs> they leave the light on for you. It says there's more information at the Sun, which is a pretty <laughs> notable newsworthy thing. But that's that's all is, I got here. Is that where it comes from? Apparently so. This that's is like a reblogging from uh, an Australian news service. Because that's how far Bullstone casts its global net. Hilarious. Yeah. What do you got, Flora? Well, uh, it's going to be a tough act to follow. Guy walking down a hallway. <laughs> Blinking lights. 
I've got one for you that's the same thing, except outside. What? This one coming to us from Cryptozoology News. Minnesota resident photographs UFO with occupants inside. Whoa, that's impressive. That's of the third kind? Yes, it's it's on the scale. It's on there. It's on the... <laughs> It's on the, Look, on the on we the didn't memorize out. the yeah no no and nor, I, I nor, can't even remember Heineck's scale. We didn't yeah. memorize Heineck's fucking scale. A, a, a gentleman in uh, Olivia, Minnesota, Minnesota was uh, driving uh, along at night and said he uh, he looked up and saw this low altitude flying object uh, through the passenger window, and he said um, he said the windows of it were were too large for a typical plane. And he didn't see any red or green lights that that you would see on you know an, an air airplane. Like, yeah, like little running lights at the tip of the wings. Right. Um, but what he could see was people standing and looking out these windows. And he said that the the they were long rectangular windows, and these people were just looking out at the out of them. Uh, so he got got a camera, took a couple pictures of it, and I'll link to this, uh, of course, in the show notes. Yeah. Um. You can't see anything. No, just specks of 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 light yeah. in the sky. They are just little 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 white dots. In fact, the the glare off of his rearview mirror uh, might be mistaken for the same thing he was looking at. Oh, buddy! You can you can see where it is in the sky, and and one of the pictures is a little better, but nothing in the the pictures indicates anything of what he's saying he saw. Yeah, those the pictures. If you know, let's say he saw an actual UFO and it was that as large as he's claiming. In these pictures, that thing is like a mile, two, three miles away. Yeah, because like, it's a tiny little speck. So he missed the money shot by a by a wide margin. And again, this is uh, the name of the game with this podcast. We've got two blurry photos. On here. <laughs> yeah, and a and a witness here. He says the the craft made a sharp ninety degree turn came towards him and he said on the front of it, there were three bright lights and then passed over the top of his vehicle at a very fast speed, he said, and and then disappeared mm-hmm. uh, going south. And then he drew what he saw. So there's a picture of what he drew as well. Uh, and it, it looks like it, it puts me in the mind of if you have a Zeppelin and you take the balloon off, and right, you just got the little square uh, rectangular fuselage underneath. Yep. Yeah, and there's the, yeah, there's like a couple of um, it's got a couple of little portholes off to the right, or the left there. Uh, I think that that is, I think the square up here is the the craft itself, and then he just jotted down what the three lights looked like to the side there. So the the side is a front view because he um, said when it turned, all I could see where the three lights and then down below is the tree line oh i see, see. yeah 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 so it's like a flying rectangle with observation windows yeah and they were they were looking at him and and one of them was making a baby and the baby waved at him. I, I, I kept waiting to ask you if any of the people in the window waved he, no i mean according to him they noticed his presence and so that's when it turned and, and headed towards him well and that's a that's a really good point if you you know you should always have presence with you if you see aliens uh-huh Give them presents. So they'll notice that kind of thing. What do you think, Dave? Is this, um, is, is, is this a, a ho- uh, holiday for aliens? They are coming in and they're just like, oh, look, yeah, it's one tour- of those it's, humans. It was like a, it was like a, a, the intergalactic equivalent of a glass bottom boat. Yeah. Yeah. A boat tour. And if we're lucky, you might even get to see one of the humans. Oh, can we feed one of them a goat? <laughs> but be careful. There's one thing I forgot to tell you, Zarnax. Hitchhiking humans. <laughs> because he's a hologram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what if this is just uh, uh, aliens taking their kids on holiday and be like, look at these. Uh, these are the real monsters down here. Yeah, these guys are uh, destroying their own planet. They're destroying themselves. They're Idiots. destroying their own history. They uh, The only thing they care about is money intergalactic uh high roading <laughs> tours <laughs> so i mean it, he he reported to mufon and everything and uh all, i mean good on him for at least taking pictures right yeah he's doing better you know he's he, he was almost ready for the moment that's why uh we'll be selling blurry photos helm head mounted uh go cams uh 
record everything all the time and they're guaranteed always clean, sharp images. You have to also wear this backpack because it can never be without power. Uh, also, you have to upload the memory every four hours where it fills up. So, you know, a lot, a lot of work, but you know, great power, great responsibility. That's right. You'll, you'll be prepared. And they're only $300 a month. Um, so that's, that's what's going on in the world of UFOs recently. I, I love this. I, I think people should always be taking pictures of this stuff. And I am always surprised at how far up the chain this, this, this sort of thing goes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's someone sat down and wrote an article about it. That seems like a lot of effort. Cryptozoology news is nice to pull from because there's not a lot of it. <laughs> well, that's why I like before it's news because that way they can dodge whether or not it's news entirely. <laughs> it's like saying I was into something before it was cool. Oh, so you were into it when it sucked. Yeah. That's not, that's not a thing to brag about. <laughs> uh, what else you got? You got one more for oh, us here? Oh, of course I do. You're going to make me just pick one. Uh, yeah, I've got one last one, and I know we had a little fun here uh, with this particular guy, and I, I think that eh, people, it's just too fun to, to f*** with Donald Trump, but he 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 stuck his dick in our mashed potatoes this time. Usually, his mashed potatoes are the ones that are getting assaulted, but uh, during a campaign stop uh, on the 16th of November in Knoxville, Tennessee, Donald Trump claimed to have an ability to sense when a terrorism attacks are coming. He can feel them. Uh, akin to some sort of um, ability to, I mean, it's like the worst non-provable thing, but he's like pretty spidey sense. Yeah. He's got terrorist spidey sense. He knows when it's going to happen. So is that why he was screaming his head off uh, a couple of Fridays ago? Well, he was really tired and he was really busy. um, But, but you know, and also um, he's mostly focused on America. Uh So sorry. Sorry, France. He wasn't able to, or, or 12 to 18 months ago, he said, you know, Something's going to happen in France. Oh, is it and then that far out? Claim it later. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. It, he he said, "I quote in my book, I predicted terrorism because I can feel it. I can feel it like I feel a good location. I really believe I have an instinct for this kind of thing. I think he was referring to like real estate development. Right. right. Yeah. It's it's it. Um, I think. Yeah. Keep, keep going. <laughs> yeah. So that's. I mean, he he believes that he's you know mildly clairvoyant that he his brain is processing all the data and he, he, he knows when, when it's about to go, you know, if, if, if this was minority report, he'd be soaking in a pool of milk. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, he truly thinks this? It's hard to say. I mean, it's, I don't think that he goes home and looks himself in the mirror and says, come on, Donnie, come on. Think, think, feel, feel. Yeah. He doesn't like go out onto his roof naked and, and just look out over the city and say, this is mine to protect. Are you kidding? That's the first thing he no, does. No, no, no. Mine to protect. He, what he does is go up there naked and says, this is mine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, there's a little difference. No, um, I think that, like, because he's his speeches are kind of these weird, rambling, word-jazzy things. I mean, he'll get up there and speak for hours, and he kind of gets in these weird places where, you know, in the middle of the story, he just starts rambling here and there. And I think, and, and I'll say, and I do very little defending of Donald Trump, but I think that whenever you get in that position, uh, listener, you may find this hard to believe, but sometimes I've fallen victim to it myself here on this very podcast where when you're just sitting talking about something for a long time, for two hours, like, I don't know, you just kind of get into a weird headspace and you just start talking, you know, and, and, and Flora, you do a great job of editing a lot of that out. And I thank you tip of the hat, <laughs> but you know, uh, in, in some of his speeches, he just kind of rambles. And I think that at the moment he thought he was onto something. Uh, I don't know. I guess long story short, no, I don't think he believes himself to be terrorism sensitive. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, but he'll claim it. I mean, he'll say anything. I mean, he's, he says really outlandish things, uh, which is a surprise to no one, but what what is surprising to me is that it continues to surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so we've got, I mean, if, if he, if he had come out and just said, Hey, try not to let this cloud your judgment, but I'm kind of like Gene Gray. I'm like Jean Grey. I'm I'm super clairvoyant. Tell a tell him a psychic. <laughs> um, then I'd be more inclined to vote for him. I want a mutant in the White House. Well, as do we all, of course, except for Trask. He doesn't. <laughs> uh, but no. So yeah, I just thought that was a hilarious weird thing where he was claiming some sort of bizarre clairvoyance, and 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 I think that the way that it was worded was such that he 
you know, gives him room to back out and says, no, no, no. I, I just, I get a feeling like you feel about the weather or something. I don't know. It was just a weird he, thing for a guy um, trying to be the, the leader of the free world to say. Yeah. He, he fell off his bike when he was a teenager. <laughs> and so every time there's a terrorist attack, man, it, it just stiffens up his knee. Yeah. Oh, so stiff and- that's my terrorism ankle. Shit. <laughs> right it's too late it hurts to walk well yeah all right um what do you I've, got for uh, i've got one more for us bring it this is coming from i fucking love science <laughs> uh scientists develop thirsty nanopore water filtration device you heard about this thing you heard about this you, you heard about this paul this is uh something that uses sheets of graphene magic material magic stuff that's one atom thick and it, it's got all these small holes in it. And when I say small, it's nano-sized. It's, you know, it's, it's small on the thick. scale of an How can it atom. have a hole in it? Right. But it allows water molecules through while trapping bigger molecules like salt. Wow. And then it filters the water uh, so efficiently, uh, it, it uses hardly any energy. And the way it does this is... It swaps out the the carbon-based graphene with something called molybdenum disulfide, MOS2. Sweet. It's wasn't it, as good as MOS1, but you know, like they it went to a different studio, <laughs> different writers. <laughs> they say it's able to filter out 70% more pure water from salty water than than regular old carbon graphene. Wow. Um and and the way it does it is really cool. Since it has the the sulfur the sulfide on this on one side and the molybdenum on on the other, the molybdenum attracts water the molecules and then the sulfur actually pushes the water away, so it sucks water in and spits it out the other side. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and apparently this is like light years cheaper and more efficient than desalinization methods they've got on the market today. Because clean, fresh water, always at a premium. That's right. And if they can get this nailed down, I mean, the implications would be huge. Yeah. Then you, then we've got oceans of water that, that people could- We could finally drink. drink enough ocean water to offset the- uh, the, the climate the, change? Yeah. The, <laughs> the ice cap melt. Oh, man. Redeposit that on land is urine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my part. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're chugging as your other hand is- uh, Yeah. Aiming. Aiming. Um, Circle of... <laughs> I, I, I will say that I am guilty of uh, humming the circle of life while I drink a beer in the bathroom while peeing. <laughs> I have absolutely done that. Take it to Vegas, buddy. Yeah, I have done that before. You can sing while chugging and urinating. But, uh, humming. You just got to... Mm-hmm, Still. Drinking a beer. So it's a uh, University of Illinois... Uh, professor of uh, mechanical science, Narayana Aluru, uh, who is uh, in in on this project apparently, and uh, they yeah they're just they're looking for a low cost efficient way to purify seawater, which is that's the Lord's work uh, right there. The, that's the worth, biggest buidoy I've ever heard. Yeah, that, that is worthwhile research. So it's only in the developmental stage right now, but uh, they're getting very good results. And they're hoping to move it up to an industrial scale when all all is said and done. Uh, but you know, seventy percent uh, fresh water is is pr- pretty good numbers. Yeah, it's awesome. And the the methods that they have to desalinize water these days, from what I understand, they are pretty energy intensive. Yep. And they also, I don't know if they necessarily pollute, but it's it's not the 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 byproducts are yeah, are it- a big problem you have to use uh, a lot of energy for most places use what's called a reverse osmosis uh system it is a not a terribly efficient system and they they require a lot of maintenance i know when i was in antarctica at mcmurdo which is the big coastal station which is uh, if there's a capital to the continent that's it sure because um while it's a u.s base there's a um, uh there's a new zealand base right next to it uh and there is also um it's it's where most of the international flights come to even though even the russian flights go through mcmurdo it's like the best established flight line mm-hmm. uh on the continent and then they kind of go disperse from there to their various bases um but i know that the, the the reverse osmosis uh water treatment is you know it serves the base they've, they've got plenty of water as far as i know i didn't spend a ton of time there but they, they don't ration their water like they do at south pole 
but I, I do do it. It's a very finicky system and, and it requires a lot of maintenance to make sure it's operating at efficiency. And yeah. And the problem with that is they're like uh, little tubes in, in that system that can run the risk of getting clogged easily mm-hmm. and when you're trying to filter uh, water through them and stuff. So this, this system, I think it's, it's just too small to, to get clogged. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it has like the, the dual winning properties of one, it's a mechanical filter mm-hmm. um, and things physically can't fit through the mesh, which is always great um, because that's easy. Yeah. Uh, but two, you have uh, this, this ionic uh, propulsion system where it's, where it's drawing water in right. on the dirty side and spitting it back out on the clean side actively um, using a gradient, which, which is, is very efficient. It's very self-organizing. Uh, so your only problems are keeping your filters clean and keeping your filters perfectly intact. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe they have uh, differing levels of pore size as it goes through it. So, you know, you're catching the bigger things than the smaller things so that your first filter isn't just clogging every six seconds right. because it's because catching it's the it. smallest. Right. Right. So I don't know, but that, I think that's cool. That's awesome. And it may right. clean, fresh water. I hope they can, uh, yeah, they, I hope they can get that going because I, it's scary to think of, but I think water scarcity is going to be a real problem mm-hmm. and it's going to be, that way quicker than people think. Yeah, well, I mean, well, it, 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 it's going to be a water redistribution problem. So both huge parts of this globe are not going to have a water scarcity problem. They're going to have a, a water in everything that used to be my house that was on a hill. I mean, problem. drinkable water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're f***ed. <laughs> but until then, let's just hang out at, in Bloomington, Indiana. That's right. Let's let's Cromp us in our lives get, away. Let's get chased around by a bunch of Christmas goats. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my last news story. That's yeah. our last one, I think, for for the Bullston. That's awesome. It you, is. You know who else is awesome? Us. No, the listeners. We are the least awesome in okay. this operation, but we're still more awesome than most people. <laughs> oh, you guys, we do appreciate uh, going and, and rating us on iTunes and stuff. Yeah. Hey, did you know we're on Stitcher now? Oh, for all your little androids. I, I put a little I chiclet. That, I said that belittling all your little androids. I'm holding an Android tablet that I use every day. Got a little chiclet on the site, but I think if you search for us on Stitcher, you can find us uh, on there. I don't know. It's it's a new beast to me, and I've yet to uh, cut it open and see where its kidneys are. So <laughs> weird. But uh, you know, if if you're if you're an Androider, uh, go on and and yeah. get us on Stitcher now, and it's got a it's got a, a rating process like iTunes too. So yeah. If if you have been so angry that you couldn't rate us on iTunes because you don't get that devi- that app on your mobile device, well, first calm down. First calm down. Then you know, have a beer and be like, you know what? I love Dave and David. <laughs> F- five five thumbs, whatever. <laughs> five little tiny green five, robot five, heads. Five soup cans on <laughs> Stitcher. Five needles on Stitcher. Yeah. Uh, we we are dangerously close to the Octahildo. Oh my gosh, we are we are we're, we're less than thirty to go. I almost think less than twenty five. We're about at twenty five. Yeah, I oh think. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, you if you haven't cast your uh, stone into this voting jar of a uh, number of likes on on Facebook, please go and do that. Yeah, it's your, your God given right mm-hmm. to cast in your, the Constitution your, your vote when we yep. for a like. Yep. <laughs> You can also follow us on Twitter, blurry underscore photos. You can also get yourself a free audiobook from audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. It. It's the Christmas holiday season now. You've already done all your driving for Thanksgiving. It's too late for that. But you can for all of your your plane travels, think about how much nicer the time uh, you know uh at the airport will be if you're listening to a book you enjoy read by someone with a deep sonorous voice or, or a celebrity you like you know how much better is that going to make your holiday traveling a lot much yeah and and here's the the key to getting through the holidays whether it's uh the gate agent at an airport or with an overworked cashier at the mall if you're if you're calm and nice to them they will give you the world just don't be mean to those people because, man, they're the real MVPs. They are. They have to deal with actual people. Yeah. So, you know, be cool to them. And maybe an audiobook is a nice way to stay in a good headspace. That's true. Mm-hmm. Well See? Put. Little tips and tricks from Dave Stecko. Audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. And if you uh, aren't traveling, might I suggest spending three days at home watching TV and playing video games? Yep. And if you like that suggestion, you can give Dave a tip. Yeah. By uh, logging into your server and 
uh-huh. clicking download. Yep. And then you're you're gonna want to run the program. Yeah. You're gonna want to press play. Oh, I like where you're going with this. And I'm then excited. When you get your character set up, uh huh. You're gonna click donate. I was gonna say that you should um, probably go to the Lornandriel forest, uh, kill boars at first for a while, collect leather, uh, make sausages to eat, keep your strength up. Uh, then move over to the thieves thicket. You'll find a guy named, uh, uh Barn- Barnaby, the, the cudgel, uh, kill him, take his cudgel. It's pretty good. It's plus six. Uh, then move over to the, uh, go over to the vile bog where you'll find, um, the, the, the Norlaven, which are, uh, fell creatures. Uh, then you'll that, and in that place, once you've killed enough, you will summon, uh, Cherniliac who is the dark underlord of donations and you will strike him and you will strike him repeatedly right in the giant square button shaped gem in, in his soul harness. And you will continually strike him until gold rains from the heavens onto your, your Kings, me and Laura. That's right. What all I just said, (laughs) I just took the torch and ran with it. You took the torch and burned my face. <laughs> I'm just saying there wasn't enough of a hero's journey. <laughs> but after you're done defeating <laughs> defeating those monsters and the gold reigns, we're going to throw you a fun Farley Narn. <laughs> oh, a, fu- a delightful Farley Narn for the whole family. Yeah, show, show Candy Chat some love. Uh, yeah, those ladies. Candychat.org. Hardworking ladies. Give them uh, some some stars and subscribes on the we got a we got a package in the stuff. mail from a listener we got some e- even more candy holiday themed candies yeah we're gonna have to get on it yeah i th- i mean here's the deal those ladies are currently planning on doing about an episode a month i feel like the rate at which candy is arriving we might have to step that up <laughs> i don't know the, it, it might have to be stepped up for yeah, yeah I, every every uh <laughs> As a, of all the of all the side effects of us doing a podcast um Candy deliveries was not on the list. I did not expect candy deliveries. We're going to uh, get poisoned someday. I, I am already there. You know what? <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. Nice. Don't forget Bloomington, uh, Indiana. Let us know if you're going to be there. Yeah. Send us an email. Hit us up on Facebook. Uh, that's actually Facebook's probably really good for that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll all meet down there and, and have a, a damn good time. And since Thanksgiving's over, let me be the first to wish you a very Heartfelt and Merry Christmas. It's just a, you know, there's no shopping days because it's it's not a gift you can, I mean, you can buy. If you're, especially if you're in Vegas, you can buy the gift. It's the gift that keeps on coming. <laughs> nice! <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, guys, uh, the, yeah, the, the winter solstice is a- You'll love it. Yep. It's, it's right on the horizon. This will be the I mean, we fourth get through year com- that I've been trying knocked. Yep. This is the third year I've been pushing- my my winter sex holiday Saturnalia. Yule Yule Loggin. Kenny Yule Loggins. Uh, but also Xmas. It is a it's a it's a holiday I invented. The whole point of which is just to 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 get with the with the 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 dude or lady of your choice and really think what's what's the best sex we could have tonight. Let's let's give it some thought. Let's. Let's not let this be the after effect of just going out and getting drunk, which is fun. No one's mad about that, but really give it some thought. It's the longest night of the year. Mm-hmm. Longest night of the year. So you got all night. You got all night. And uh, and no, don't let anybody tell you what Christmas is about. It's about the way you want it to be. Maybe it's, it's, it's a people's holiday. It is a people's holiday. There's, there's, uh, I mean, I would love to sell cards. I don't know what store would carry them for us. Our own, if we can get it going. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We'll sell Art our own cards. Uh, <laughs> but we, uh, yeah. So you know, uh, there's, there's, there's no, there's no stupid trappings. You don't have to buy flowers for it. There's no. not a special robe you buy. No. This is a people's holiday. That's just about saying, it, hey, it, yeah, no. let's get it. Let's do this right. So look for that. You look for it. Look, look for it on the horizon. Look for it in, in the light in your lover's eyes. If, uh, if you like what we do, uh, you can thank the Chicago Podcast Co-op for helping us do what we do. Yeah. And um, to show them some appreciation, you can uh, listen to one of the other fine podcasts in the co-op, such yes. as Match 3, exploring the cultural context of video games with Kotaku reporter Patrick Klepek. I don't think that guy has time to do anything but play Mario Maker levels, because I read Kotaku a lot, and every time he posts on there, it's it's that he's playing Mario Maker levels, and 
I think he's going slowly mad. So maybe it's worth listening to just, just to hear one man's descent. <laughs> uh, freelance writer Gita Jackson and middle school teacher Sam Phillips. Oh, that's why. Yeah, he's there to, to keep Patrick in check. That's why. You need a middle school teacher. There's no one who understands uh, directed criticism and, and boundaries better than a middle school teacher. So check those guys out. Thanks again to the Chicago podcast. Cooperative. Mm-hmm. They're a distillery of fine spirits, hey, human spirits. You got anything else uh, to add to the while while we're bullstoning for November? No, I don't. I feel like we covered all bases. There could be no questions left unanswered at the end of this podcast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence. Thanks for listening, everybody. Absolutely. Don't forget to tell all your friends when you're home for the holidays about what a great podcast we are. That's right. Scare them a little. Yeah. Get in their face about it. And please visit us again here on Bullstone next month when we cover more hard-hitting stories. Do you know when that'll be for? Next time on Bullstone. New report from the Census Bureau indicates that most people who made fruitcake are most likely dead, leaving Americans to wonder, what will we complain about now at the holidays? London bridges falling noun? (laughs) British landmarks are now replacing adjectives in urban lingo. This story is really Big Ben. All these stories and more next time on Bullstone.